is 1.37 p.m. Stories of hustle and grind from the intersection of culture, style, music, and sports. It's only spring, but it feels like summer. 77 degrees here in New York City. Live with your two favorite short-term high-volatility investment specialists. This is Jeff Sheesby, a.k.a. The Old Man of Bats, alongside my main man, Ant Latino. You know him as the odds fellow. Ant, what's the good word, brother? Thirsty Thursday. You described the weather perfectly. Um, I got to get outside. I think that's the uh, that's the punchline there. Got to get out there. Yeah. Woke up wearing pants. Now I'm wearing shorts uh, because it's beautiful out. The sun is shining. I almost put on SPF 50 to make sure that I was protecting myself from these UV rays. But hey, here we are inside recording episode 12 of short-term high volatility investments. We've got a good card for you guys today. Uh, We're talking a little NBA, a little NFL, but going to be hitting on some picks. I know Ant's got one coming into the weekend on the NBA side, and I've got two picks for you uh, on the MLB, one on Saturday and on one on Sunday. So should have you covered off for uh, for the entire weekend. Yeah, I think we went one, you went one and one last week, and I think I went oh and one. So we are due to regress to profits that's what yeah, I'm i think there. exactly right. our xfip is way below yes. our era right now regress, we are regress, the best regress. by lows and it feels good i mean i'm feeling great about these picks i'm going back yeah. to my guy and we'll get there in a second i don't want to spoil it but and where do you want to start brother let's start with the nfl so the uh the nfl wanted to grab all the attention like they always do the big bad brother who doesn't want little brother or little sister to get any love in the markets anymore nba playoffs who cares nhl playoffs who cares baseball getting going i don't care i'm going to release our schedule we're going to do it on a live show we're going to make a big deal out of it so it's here so i I want to ask the question of how many games did you already cap oh i've already capped i actually skipped weeks one through six and went straight to week seven seven my week seven picks yeah a lot of really good weather angles actually uh you know dark skies weather app one of the best weather apps out there not sponsoring our podcast just yet but uh, i was looking months in advance and it looks like we're gonna have beautiful weather take the overs all in week seven uh it's gonna be wonderful but week eight is a lot of rain though so you go under (laughs) you flip-flop yeah flip-flop right there uh honestly i've put zero thought into the nfl and i refuse to put much thought into it until we get a little bit closer to uh to game time here you know i saw so many people claiming that they've already handicapped week one it's like bro i mean cool like good good for you i hope you got some i hope you find it yeah yeah Yeah. but like what happens when somebody goes down in the preseason what happens when like literally anything happens like oh we're going back to the drawing board so i think we've got a couple months to wait on that one (laughs) no i uh i tempered my enthusiasm and and it just amazes me what the NFL can do and, and how much they control. I think you do realize, like I said it, big brother, you know, complex here at the beginning. And, and you know, I said it jokingly, but it it is true, right, with just how much they control in the media and, and mainstream. So uh, it was fun to see. It's good to see the schedules for teams you root for. I got into it looking at the Cowboys schedule and realized it's probably going to be tougher than, than I hoped. But uh, but yeah, from a, from a market standpoint, impact standpoint, I think it'll be good to finally see where the futures wins lost, you know, to, you know, win totals get released mm-hmm. um, and maybe some spreads for week one. But otherwise, I'm not doing much with it. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Yahoo's ESPR, uh, Yahoo's fantasy app has been shooting me push notifications. I was like wide receivers to target in the first yeah. round. I'm like, OK, I'm not prepared for that. Like, yeah, I don't think my draft is happening anytime <laughs> soon. Got to find guys for a league first. But thank right. you, Yahoo. <laughs> right. Well, I'm excited but when hey. we do when, when we get closer this season, you doing a little preview of some of the stuff you've introduced as commissioner of the fantasy football world. I think you guys have done some cool things in that one league. Oh yeah, a tough division to win, as yeah. it's rightfully, rightfully uh, 
named because it is oh, yeah. a tough division to win. But neither here nor there. We'll get it. So I do I have one, one question one for you okay. on the NFL before we cut yeah. away. As a Pats fan, as a Tom Brady enthusiast, any reaction to that week four coming home party? I mean, it's going to be a great game. You know, yeah. uh, all love in the world for Tom, of course. Uh, do I think we're going to win that game? It's going to be an uphill battle, but never count Bill out. You know, he knows Tom better than probably anybody in this league. So if, if he can game plan against his own, right. I mean, it, I, I think there'll be way too much speculation of like this decides whether it was a Tom Brady's team or Belichick's team. You know, I don't really care. Ultimately, I hope the Patriots can win the AFC East. I've got a future on them at plus 350 uh, to do so. Uh, a little bit of a homer bet, but as soon as they signed Henry and Smith, I was like, okay, we're actually reloading. We're actually spending. Yep. This is uncharted territories. I think the line moved shortly after that. So got as uh, gambling Twitter loves oh so much. Some great closing L-B-C-L-B. line value on that L-B. one, baby. If there was like a ham horn on this thing, I would have pushed it. But neither here nor there. So, you know, it's going to be a great game. I look forward to it. You know, the regular season matters for the Patriots again. So it's interesting to really have to lock into the you know week three and week six and week 10 games rather than, you know, I still watch them for sure. But at yeah. no point was I like sweating them being like, oh, we're not going to make the playoffs for the last decade, yeah. no, uh, which honestly is welcomed. It's welcomed. I've got one TV for red zone and I fight with my roommates for whatever the second TV was going to be. But we got more Patriots on that TV than we literally ever had because it was always right. like, come on, man, they're going to make the playoffs anyway. So all good things. I love it. I love it. Well, look, the Cowboys will beat them up in week one and we'll make your job easy. So everybody yeah. wins. <laughs> can't wait man i mean the banter alone will be will be glorious NFL yeah. season it can't come soon enough but at the same time i'm going to be patient and not rush the nfl season because we've got a lot of other fun stuff coming up the nfl or the nhl playoffs which i don't know if we'll ever talk about really but hey it could be interesting uh, the nba playoffs which we 100 percent will be talking about sweat check uh, and of course yeah sweat check i did put on some extra antiperspirant this morning but and we're coming into the dog days of summer baby this is mlb all day every day so much data so many games so many angles that we can take and you know, honestly, I think it's a great time of the year. No, no, I love it. Yeah, the NBA stuff is getting in full swing. So most teams have two or three games left. So we're heading towards the play-in. I'll get into that a little bit with my pick as well. But uh, sitting pretty at the 7-8 spot in the East, you have the Celtics and the Hornets. And the 9-10 is the Pacers and the Wizards. Um, so how are we feeling, Mr. Oldman, who bets about the Eastern Conference futures? You I mean, really need is, that that Pacers wins head to head. At least you're going to knock one of them out if if that holds true. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, and I would prefer that the Wizards get knocked out there. That yeah. was a juiced play. I think it was like minus three twenty five. Got to check um, where the Pacers were plus one sixty five. So the fact that the Pacers are even on the cusp of missing the playoffs, I feel pretty good about. Um, right. And either way, they'll have to win two games. So you know, I, I do feel like I'm still a little bit in the driver's seat here. We cashed the Hawks at plus a hundred. Uh, which was awesome. Uh, a little bit of a risky play there with the coach turmoil, but couldn't have worked out any yeah. better um, and loved that. I guess my biggest regret, if we mentioned a little bit last week, is just not taking my Knicks who just yeah. clinched the playoffs, baby. In there. Oh my God, best team in the league. Here we come. Christmas Lakers cover, look like. out. Nets look out. Bucks look out. Embiid, we're coming for you, baby. But it is cool, I think, even with the Nets and the Knicks, that you know the East literally runs through New York, something that hasn't happened in, in I don't know, decades. So uh, that'll be fun. And you know, I think the Nets are going to be very, very challenging to beat. But, you know, good teams in New York is just better for New York. You know, we're coming into the roaring 20s here. CDC guidelines are really laxing up with masks, and I am vaccinated. So, uh, vaccine and wax 2021, here we come. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, look, with the Wizards, you, you got to give some credit to Russ. I know a lot of people were down on him. Coming from the Rockets, he was banged up. He was banged up in the bubble, didn't play a lot with that team that made a push. 
then all hell broke loose. You know, Harden forces a way out. Westbrook goes out in the offseason. Uh, you go to the Wizards and you don't know what you're going to get from that team. And they had a lot of COVID issues early on. They were one of the teams mm-hmm. most impacted, you know, across many that, that were. Um, but the rust bust is full right now, man. And that that guy is stuffing, as you like to call it, the onion bag. And he is stuffing the statue. Yeah, man. I mean, congrats to him on breaking the multi record here for, yeah. for triple doubles. I mean, his stats he's like if i'm playing on (laughs) yeah for sure but it feels like i'm playing on like easy mode in in 2k i don't even know what that mode is you know i think that you have to go out of your way to get to that level uh in the game (laughs) but it's it's impressive man like 21 assists that's like 21 more assists that i've had in my entire life you know which is which is i think eye-opening and i'm not bad at basketball (laughs) you know i'm not good at basketball i don't have that at basketball um, but yeah, you know, he's been, I mean, probably a misread, right? I took a very juice play on them to miss it. Uh, probably overlooked, you know, the, the kind of how bad they were because of COVID, how decimated they were. Um, but hey, if that's the only loss, we go four and one, you know, that'll be success. Yeah. And, and look at the time I thought when I remember when you made the pick and it was on this show and us going back and forth about it. And I said, I love that because I can't wait till they slide a little bit and Beal gets upset and finally forces his way out of there. That never yeah. happened. Now you're probably looking at Bradley Beal on an all NBA team. You're probably looking at Russ, you know, maybe getting some some consideration for that, but at least pushing the envelope. So they've they've done well. It's a surprise for, for sure this year. Yeah, for sure. And I'm I'm looking at my notes here. The uh the minus 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 two sixty five. This is episode five. So early, oh, early days here. Um but they, they were only two games out of the eight spot when I made this bet. So I think if anything, I just thought that it was uh it was a really strong line, you yeah. know, th- that they would miss it, that they wouldn't yeah. be able to keep up this pace. And, you know, that's okay. We were looking at the, uh, you know, ELO and, and 538 Raptor ratings to to look for close or, or, or matching probabilities there with Vegas implied, implied odds from uh, from the line. And, you know, thought we had a good edge there. So we'll see. Hopefully they miss yeah. the playoffs. No, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Fingers are crossed. I got six bottles of Dove Antiperspirant ready to rock. <laughs> so uh, these pits will stay dry regardless of outcome over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, let's jump to the Western Conference and then we'll get into the picks with our uncles who are always here, business and pleasure. Um, In the Western Conference, you got kind of a tight race after five. So there's still a little bit of turmoil there. Right now, the the play-in, if the season were to end, again, a lot of these teams have two or three games left, depending on the schedule, is Lakers-Warriors 7-8, which is a ratings dream for the NBA. Mm -hmm. You know, LeBron AD versus Steph, right? Uh, And then 9-10 is likely Grizzlies-Spurs. Um, the interesting thing in the West compared to the Eastern Conference, and you, one of these teams you have, is the Blazers and Mavs sit at five and six, tied. Um, the They're only a game up on the Lakers in that seven spot. But the Blazers and the Mavs both hold the tiebreaker over the Lakers. So you got to go 0-2 for the uh, you know one of those teams and, and 2-0 for the Lakers to, to jump over each other there. So you're telling me at one and one, we're all set. We're good to I, go. I, if if I was reading correctly. I'm, and I'm I trust your reading chance. comprehension, yeah. Ant. So yeah. I'm feeling good about that. I mean, I feel great getting a one and one split here from the Blazers. They're playing good right. basketball. You know, the bet there was when they were decimated, um, you know, pretty, pretty much the inverse of, of the read on the Wizards. And again, looking at those uh, implied probabilities from a couple different data sources. So uh, I feel good about it, man. I feel good about the Blazers, CJ, and, and obviously – 
our main man Dave is always balling out. That's so right. That's I. I mean, knock on wood. That's the one I think I'm least concerned about, but yeah. probably the one that really fucks me. So <laughs> we'll see, man. We'll see. So if you sneak that one through, then what's left? Just the Warriors. Uh, yeah, Warriors at minus one ten, and this was to the one that I actually to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, this was the only one that didn't follow the uh, the odds probability where Vegas was showing better odds than what five thirty eight Raptor and ELO ratings had. Uh, but they had one of the easiest strength of schedules for the second half of the year, and then Steph Curry decided to do Steph Curry things. So uh, that one's fun. That and especially Warriors at, at minus one ten. Um, felt great. You know, I, honestly, at the end of the day, just kind of grateful to have all four, five of these four one obviously catch. But for all of them to be in contention, I think is, is yeah. pretty cool, especially like, you know, the Pacers were like the five or six seed when we made this bet at, at plus 165. For them to be in the 10 seed, 10 or 9 seed, um, you know, all things considered, I thought it was, a, it was a pretty good read. So the only one that I think was a bad read at this point is the Warriors, or not the Warriors, the uh, the Wizards, excuse me. Um, but hey, even that still might cash way sweatier than we were anticipating. I wish they were eliminated like my Rockets and Cavs, but, you know, it is what it is. Absolutely. But look, I'm excited. This type of talk and, and even the look back and the check-ins, like, you know, the futures markets are always tough to get a read on, but I think what, what Jeff did with, you know, that rating and applying it with, with a good amount of the data in season, uh, is really good indication of some stuff we might look to do during football too. Some of that we'll try and do pregame, you know, preseason, and then we'll look throughout. So a lot of fun futures and angles and different ways to think about things to come in the future. All good stuff. All good stuff. And while we're talking NBA, and I believe if I'm correct, you've got a little something that you like this weekend. I do. And it fits right into that little, Playing tourney situation. So we go to Saturday, fast forward to the matinee, picture it, set the stage. It's 1 p.m. Eastern. And, you know, maybe you're outside. Maybe you're on a rooftop. Maybe you're at the old man's rooftop. Right. Maybe that'd be a treat. Some ice cold yeah. beers, perhaps. That's right. And the game will be on. I don't know what channel, but but we'll find it. Um, so this is Lakers at Pacers. Uh, two teams kind of fighting for their playoffs, playing lives, as we just mentioned. Can they just uh, one, both lose, perhaps? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's my pick. You nailed it. <laughs> yeah. And that unprecedented. Tie. The this first time tie. that both teams have lost. Yeah. I got good plus money on draw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's start with Indy. Um, they're going to be on the final game of a three-game homestand before they finish on the road. Um, so they went ahead and they beat Philly the other day, 103-94, again at home. Uh, no Joel Embiid, so not a huge test for me. You know, that Sixers team is is playing for a lot less, maybe a little bit of seeding, one through three. Um, they play the Bucks on Thursday. We don't know the outcome of that game. And then you fast forward to the Lakers game on Saturday. They will likely be locked into that nine spot. They could drop to 10th. They could climb to eighth, but it doesn't seem like there's a way they really fall out of the play-in. And if I had to guess, they're probably going to end up at nine. Um, no Miles Turner. Yet again, that's that's somebody they've unfortunately been without. He's he's played well. He had a good season. They, they're 11-11 without him. So not a huge you know data point, but but I think worth mentioning. I think they would have been probably in a better trajectory if he was in there consistently throughout the year, especially in this matchup, right, when you talk about big on big. Um, the Lakers have to go 2-0 uh, and get a little bit of help, as we mentioned. But you have to imagine they want to get guys back and, and finish the season strong from a narrative standpoint anyway and even if they are still locked into that seven they definitely don't want to slide to eight and lose at least the home court piece but they're going to be in either that seventh eighth spot unless they can get a miracle and slide up to five or six um this likely should be lebron's return they thought he was going to come back the other night against houston 
He chose not to. He saw him on the Twitter sphere tweeting out that he wasn't going to play. Uh, that was likely because they were going up against a Rocket team that's in last place, Tankapalooza, and you know they didn't think they needed them, which which ended up being true. They held on. They've had two, two points. Yeah, right? Well, same thing against your Knicks. Yeah. Oh, tough loss there. Yeah. OT, yeah. Did you watch that one? Game. Oof. I mean, I think I fell asleep because it was a 10 p.m. start, but on West, on I watched West as much as I could. I was, I was fighting. Yep. Yeah, I was fighting the good fight yeah. there. So maybe that makes me a fair weather fan. Absolutely not. I was just a little tired. Never, it was a Tuesday never. night. A work we got night. things come to on. do. We got things to do. Yeah, at a 9 a.m. Uh, meeting the next day. Ed, come on. Exactly. Exactly. So LeBron's return, I think with him and with AD this year, the Lakers are 17 and 8. Without those two gentlemen, any other combo of the team? Because you've had some just AD, some just LeBron, some with neither. Uh, they're 23 and 22. So you do see the discrepancy there. Um, to be expected, obviously, those are probably two of the top five, top six guys uh, in the NBA this year. Despite all of those injuries, those combos, the Lakers are the number one rated defensive squad. The Pacers are 12th. The Pacers, who I would describe as offensively uh, challenged at times, um, are actually ranked higher than than the Lakers offensively. I think an interesting data point. But when you look at the games missed for AD and LeBron, I throw a lot of that out. Um you know, I think it's just tough to gauge, and that's been a problem with the NBA down the stretch. The games missed for players, you know, this COVID-shortened season schedule, condensed mm-hmm. schedule, you know, it's tough to look at a lot of those data points because the lineups are so either due to load management or actual injuries, they're all over the place, right? Uh, but, I, but I think a nice metric that the Lakers have been that number one ranked defensive squad throughout the year, uh, no matter who's been cycling in there. So a couple things we're hanging our hat on here. LeBron to return. He's not playing. This is probably a stay away no matter what. But I do think he comes back for the final two, if for anything, you know, a little bit of a tune-up. The previous matchup in this game, the Lakers won 105-100 on a minus five spread um, at home. So they were in L.A. The Pacers in that game had a 12-point lead. They were up eight at halftime. The Lakers came roaring back. But when you look at the stat in the box score, the Lakers had no A.D. The Pacers had Malcolm Brogdon, Jeremy Lamb, and Miles Turner all of which are not going to be in this game. Uh, The Pacers probably will get the benefit of Karis LeVert, uh, who was out at the time during that first matchup. Uh, But he's also likely not playing against the Bucs with a bruised knee. So, you know, I talked about them being an offensively challenged team. If there's no LeVert there, I don't know where the scoring is coming from, frankly. Um, So now you flip. This game is uh, at Indy. Um, So if I see that spread, minus six, minus seven or higher, and LeBron's in the lineup, I'm taking the Lakers. All yeah, man, day. especially All. on the road. If it's moving in the other direction as they go yep. into a, a hostile territory, you know, the mean streets of Indiana, you know, uh, I like it, man. And if LeBron's not out and it's still like, you know, minus five or not not back, you know, is that something that you'd consider to playing? I think so, especially with the way this team has responded to uh, Anthony Davis down the stretch. You know, the Knicks and the um, – well, I was going to say the Knicks and the Rockets are a step up in class in competition. That is not true. Uh, the Knicks <laughs> are. <laughs> the Knicks are. The, the Rockets are not. Um, but I, but I do think that's that's fair and something worth looking at. And again, probably hinges back to what I mentioned on that matchup. You know, without without Miles Turner in the lineup, I don't know who's defending Anthony Davis. You know, it's not Sabonis. I love Sabonis. He's he's a gifted scorer. You know, he's competent on defense and and he's a great piece for Indiana. But he's not stopping AD. Um, you know, so at the end of the day, I think another thing you could watch if, if there's no LeBron is the Dennis Schroeder news, another spark mm-hmm. plug, another scoring piece for the Lakers. 
Uh, he's been out since May 2nd or May 3rd, and it was going to be a 10 to 14 day window with kind of the COVID protocols. He didn't test positive, but I don't know if it was contact tracing or a family member or something like that. So yeah, you also might get him back on Saturday. And, you know, I think that's one way to replace the scoring output that you might, uh, you know, the benefit that you could get from LeBron um, without even having LeBron in the lineup. So I think to your point, if it's minus four, minus five, minus six, and it's still in that range, even without um, LeBron, that could be an even stronger indication uh, of what should happen in this game. I love it. It's like a beautiful mind, man. When uh, what Tom Hanks is looking at the wall of numbers and they start just coming out to you, you know, let the defense dictates who scores here. Let me just show you the way uh, all good things. And I love some good line scaling. You know, Sharky Waters Nation is a big line scaler. He and the Fusini have been absolutely dominating both NBA and MLB recently. Yeah. So yeah, he, he put um, out a nice little MLB video today, which is a good lead into your pick to tell us that there's 162 games and that's a lot. To look at. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, there's only 16 games, so every 10 games is one NFL game. So four right. games is only the first quarter of an NFL game. So something to remember that a team could lose literally the first, the second, the third, and maybe even four straight. And they've only lost the first quarter of an NFL game, uh, and that is, you know, just good perspective that it quite literally is a marathon, uh, especially if you're playing like four to six games a day. Like the losses are going to pile up, but but the wins will too. So. Yeah, let's look at some baseball here, man. I'm looking at the Angels and the Red Sox game, um, which I thought was a really interesting one. You know, you told me if Dylan Bundy and Martin Perez were pitching two or three years ago, I'd be like, okay, they're going to score 15 runs. This is going to look like an NFL game. This is the uh, gas can it, game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Two gas cans just playing next to a box of matches. Um, but I'm looking at the other side of this, and this is one that's a little noisy for sure. Um, it's a classic, classic debate of match up data versus season data uh, where one is very good and one is very poor. Uh, and so let's just run through this real quick, you know, starting with the matchup data, which is where I generally overweight uh, more so than season data, but obviously having them both align is, is the dream, but we're, we're looking at weighted on base percentage. We're looking at isolation, isolated power, ISO and, and FIP generally. And starting with weighted on base percentage, again, for any of you who doesn't know what that is, uh, it's a, a stat created to measure a hitter's overall offensive value, essentially based on the relative values of each hit. Not all hits are created equal. Obviously, a triple is better than a single, and, and this uh, will quantify that. So the league average here is, is 320, uh, which is good. You look at Bundy, this matchup data, 351. You look at Perez, 402. So both above the league average, and, and Perez you know, a large chunk ahead of that. We look at ISO again, ISO isolated power is a, a measure of a hitter's raw power and it tells you how often a player hits for extra base hits when it comes to pitchers, how often they allow extra base hits. Uh, and league average here is around 140. Uh, a, a great hitter will be over 200. Uh, a bad pitcher will be over 200. And and both of these guys are, are not on the side that you wanted to be on. Bundy, 178, Perez, 241. So both of these guys are giving up a pretty good uh, amount of, of extra base hits. But uh, now we look at 2019, 2020, 2021 stats, right? Just looking for some recent trends. Are these guys improving? Are they staying the same? You know, what's going on? And, you know, I think when we look under the hood here, we we see some really promising stuff. You look at Bundy again, absolute gas can with the Orioles, 2018, uh, 5.45 ERA, 2019, a little better, 4.79 ERA, but still pedestrian. Uh, and then 2020 moves to the Angels and, and quite literally dominates. If we look at that 2018 expected FIP. That was 428. So pretty good. Uh, and 2020, he he finally kind of lived up to what his peripherals were were suggesting. Uh, he had a 3.29 ERA with a 3.75 expected FIP as he moves from Baltimore 
to the angels. So, you know, obviously try to figure out you know, what happened there. Um, you know, were there any major differences? It was his velocity up, was his pitch composition up and, and are, are different. And we did see some changes here, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, his fastball usage dropped by 9%. His slider uh, slider usage increased by 5%, uh, higher than his career average. And he did start throwing his change up a little bit more, 4%. So nothing like Crazy changing. You know, we've seen Sonny Gray come to the Yankees and his fastball usage goes 20% down. He's the worst pitcher in the league. And now he's the best pitcher in the league. I'm not bitter about that at all. Ed. But, um, you know, so it seems like he's just kind of fine-tuned his product a little bit, which is great. And in 2021, um, we kind of have a mixed bag here as well. We've got a Bundy with a 5.03 ERA. And I'm sure anybody's listening saying, well, Jeff, it sounds like his matchup data sucks. And his season data sucks. So why are we taking an under here? Uh, we look a little under under the hood. We'll go a little bit deeper here. He's got a, a 3.54 uh, expected FIP. Uh, and he's got only 60% of base runners currently left on base, which is 11% lower than his career average. So both of those statistics indicate that he's been getting unlucky. Um, and you look at kind of other stats to quantify whether or not the ERA is – you know, something that we should hold more weight towards, but you look at his K per nine, you look at his walks per nine, they're right where they were last year. So nothing has really changed other than I think luck, um, which is great. So, you know, I think in terms of, uh, he has seen a, a slight increase in his home runs per nine, which is obviously a little bit of a concern, but Boston's currently 17th in home runs per game. So it's not like they're, uh, taking too many shots out and, and the run differential for this Boston team, they're plus three at home. I think they're like plus 26 on the road. So they haven't been performing at home either, which I do think helps uh, Bundy uh, a little bit. But, um, you know, I think when we even look at this 5.03 ERA, if you look at, he's had seven starts. Uh, he's got two bad starts that have really ballooned that average. He allowed nine, uh, he had a nine ERA against Texas on, on the 19th of April, uh, but nonetheless, a 2.93 expected FIP. He had a 400 uh, batting average on bat balls in play. League average there is around 300. Um, so nonetheless, got unlucky. And then very similar stats in his other in his other one here on 5.8. His last start, he got lit up by the Dodgers. A lot of teams, pitchers get lit up by the Dodgers. And the final score of that game was 14-11. So like quite literally every pitcher in that game got lit up. Hitters were hot. So I'm not putting too much weight into either of those. So um, if anything, that Dodgers game too was also the middle of a bad stretch for, for the Dodgers. And they had lost the opener uh, against the Angels in, the, in this rivalry series. So I think it was the the middle of the uh, the three-game set. And if I'm not mistaken, the Dodgers were on like an L4 or an L5. You know, it was ugly. Yeah, so just the wrong place at the right time, the wrong time there. But that was his last start. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm looking at a great bounce back. The last time he got shelled, that Texas game, he came back and only allowed two earned runs in the two starts right after that. So I think that's the Bundy we're going to look at and see here. Uh, and Perez, he's having a very solid year as well. Highest K per nine rate he has. He's got a below his career average in terms of walk per nine rate, which is also good. Something he has struggled with a little bit. Uh, he's got his best home run per nine rate in, in, in since 2015. Uh, and it doesn't really appear to be a fluke. Uh, you know, again, batting average on balls in play is a great way to um, to quantify whether or not pitchers are getting lucky or unlucky. His is actually above leave average at, at 330. So to have the lowest, uh, lowest home run per nine rate, the highest K per nine rate, uh, and a solid uh, below career average walk rate, and then still be getting unlucky, all good things. Um, and an interesting split here. You look at his March and his April stats versus May, obviously more innings pitched in, in March and April. Uh, but he had a, a 4.7 ERA in March. In May so far, he's got just over 10 innings pitched, a 2.53 ERA. So 
all good things there. And, you know, I think when we look at the um, hitting, obviously, which is a, a key factor in runs going scored when you're taking an under, you know, both these teams are in a little bit of a slump. Uh, Boston's number two in hits per game and the Angels are number four in hits per game. Both obviously fantastic uh, stats there. But last three games, um, Boston's had 4.33 hits per game uh, compared to their, career, their season at, at over eight. Uh, and then the Angels have been right there as well at six versus uh, 8.64. So both are slumping a little bit, which is great. Both teams strike out a lot. The Angels are the fifth and most strikeouts per game. Boston's the ninth most strikeouts per game. Uh, and then, you know, both teams are very strong in runs per game. We've got uh, number five and number nine. So, uh, you know, the, the question is always what number do we need to bet this, right? You know, and, and let the numbers come out, you know, beautiful mind all over again. Uh, so I'm looking for an under eight here. Anything under eight, eight and a half, I would consider it. But under eight, I think is going to be really good. Uh, if you look at Bundy and Perez, Bundy's average uh, total is 8.2. Perez's is 8.78. Uh, Bundy's gone under five of seven times. So when he hasn't gotten absolutely shelled, the games have stayed low. Uh, and Perez has gone under fit four of seven. So both of them have been over 50% hitting, which is great. Um, and then, you know, I didn't mind the Angels here, but the noise in terms of line scaling has been pretty, pretty noisy for, for both these guys. Uh, Bundy's only one as an underdog, uh, but it's more been the team's fault. They've averaged three runs a game in his losses, so he just hasn't gotten much run support. Uh, and Perez is also 2-0 and as an underdog and 1-4 and as a favorite, so like... One of these guys has to be a favorite, right? Unless there's just even odds, which I guess is possible. Uh, but I don't I don't think there'll be a number there that'll really convince me. So I ultimately am looking for this under eight uh, because of overall average. And if you look at runs per game, both of these guys, the teams collectively average over nine. Um, so I think it'll be a good spot. I, I hope these pitchers can bring in and I hope the hitters stay ice cold. I love that. I, I think all year I've been looking for the Red Sox to regress to some degree. I think Alex Bora has done a great job. Uh, probably proving his worth and value as a manager. Uh, again, those guys ready to come out to play and, and they've, they've done well. They've started the season hot, but I think some of that regression you see, you know, more so with the Red Sox because I, I see and follow that team a, a, a little bit more, but I think some of that offensive regression is, is probably real. Yeah. And it's coming. Uh, they're minus, I think it's minus seven in terms of run differential in their last three games. Um, yeah. They were number two in the league for a while. Now they're right back in the hunt around 10, which makes my Yankees minus 150 bet to win the division feel that much better. Not as good as odds as you got. What'd you get? Minus one minus one twelve. Whew, that is sexy. That's probably the best value you'll see on the Yankees in the next five years. If things yeah. go how we want them to I'm go to be walking around with a CLV shirt. Yep. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, we're getting a little short on time here. So let me just fire through the second pick here. Sunday, I'm going back to the well with my main man, Jordan Montgomery. They're playing against the Orioles. More uh, AL East I magic. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, I talked about Jordan Montgomery on yep. Tuesday with Jared and Ariel and MSG Plus. Um, the analysis is very, very similar here, right? Uh, I'm looking at... Um, you know, well, one fun fact, anytime he's been over minus 130 right. uh, this season, he's five and one. Uh, but nonetheless, I think he'll probably be in the minus 160 or above range. He's playing against John Means. So that probably will bring it down a little bit. Means hasn't been worse than a plus 140 underdog uh, since his first two games of the season before they really knew what he was going to be. And he was kind of all over the place the last couple of years. Really good stuff, but didn't put it all together. Obviously, this year he's having one of the best years of any pitcher in the league. And it's been fantastic. Uh, but, you know, again, we talk about matchup data. We talk about season stats. Season stats for both these guys are, are, are very good. Uh, and the reason why I'm not looking for the, the, the under in the game is because Means does have poor matchup data here. Uh, running through it quickly, his, uh, his weighted on base percentage, 378, league average of 320. His ISO is 217, league average 140, elite hitters in the 200 range. Uh, and his FIP matchup-wise is 5.34. So 
that's a lot. And the Yankees bats, I mean, they hit a lot of home runs and maybe not as many as we're used to this year, but uh, they are starting to heat up a little bit. Um, so that's just something I, I, I didn't necessarily want to gamble on, especially when we look at my main man Montgomery here, right? He just went against the Rays uh, where he had terrible matchup stats and came through. His matchup stats are very good this week against the Orioles. Uh, weighted on brace percentage 242, again, versus a 320 average. His ISO was 0.043, league average of 140. Um, and for whatever reason, baseball savant didn't have his FIP. So uh, keep an eye on that looking, looking into the weekend. But if I'm going to go against his matchup stats and take his season stats against the Rays, you know, five days ago, I'm 100% going to go and take him again when he's got great matchup stats and good season stats. There's a lot of things I love about him here, right? 2021 here, 3.96 ERA versus a 3.7, uh, 7.3 expected FIP, which is awesome. Um, he's looking like he was in, you know, 2017, 2018, where he had a 3.88 ERA and 3.62 ERA. Um, so, you know, finally back from surgery, it seems, seems like it, knock on wood, of course, um, and he's also already played Baltimore twice this year. Who that benefits, I suppose time will tell. But he's been great against against them both times. First start of the year, April 5th. Uh, he went six innings, four hits, zero runs, seven Ks. He was minus 220. They won uh, minus 228. They won seven nothing. Uh, and then on the 29th of April, five innings pitched, six hits, which isn't as great. Uh, two runs, one K, which is a little funky considering how often the uh, Baltimore, I think, strikes out a pretty good amount. Um, especially at home. I think it would be number 23 in the league at home, although 16 in the league on the season, neither here nor there. But uh, they ended up losing that game. He got a no decision, but it was a 4-3 loss. Nonetheless, pretty low, pretty low scoring, which I love to see. And he, he limited the damage, which is great. Uh, again, talks about means. His matchup data is terrible, uh, but everything else is fantastic. But this is honestly very, very similar to the Tampa Bay. They had Patino on the mound. The stats are eerily similar. Patino had a 1.17 ERA with a 3.5 XFIP. Means here, 1.21 with a 3.53 XFIP. Um, his BA, his batting average on balls on play is 182. Patino on the raise was something like 150. So it's like all of these stats here, he's left 100% of runners on base. That's quite literally a note that I didn't need to change from my Tampa Bay Rays uh, handicap. Um, so he should progress for the worse. You know, this John Means guy. I know he's amazing. I know he's having a hell of a year. But combine the matchup data with signs of regression in his peripherals. Uh, and I think this is a game that, that you know, finally maybe the wheels will come off. I don't know. You know, I'm rooting for the guy. Obviously not versus my Yankees. But I like to see, like to support success. Um, so that would be okay. And. You know, at the end of the day, I think I, I, in terms of a proxy here, I think it's going to be three and a half on this team total. If it's lower, great. I'm going to take it. Um, but I think even the, the Vegas line for, for Montgomery here, I think it's in like the 160 or above range. I'd feel very good about that. He hasn't been up more than 160 too often. Of course, minus 228 was one of those times versus Baltimore. But I think Means is starting to get way more respect, deservedly so, by Vegas. And I think that's the only reason why it wouldn't be 180 or above. But anything a 160 or above, I feel great about that under. Um, again, if the game under is probably eight or below, uh, don't trust means totally. Um, so I'm looking for the Baltimore Orioles team total under, uh, and I'm expecting it to be around three and a half. Yeah, I was trying to pull up the means um, stats against the, the the Mets. I think he pitched pretty well on this latest road trip for them, but uh, either came out no decision or maybe a hard luck loser in, in, in a tight mm -hmm. one. But um but yeah, I, I I like it all around. I think it's it's going to be a fun matchup. Montgomery's really rounded into shape, and he's a key cog in the wheel for the uh, the Yankees on the back end of that rotation. If he can help solidify it a little bit, and Tyon keeps grinding, and Kluber keeps being Kluber, I think you know from a future standpoint, you and I are 
hopefully sitting in pretty good shape if we can uh, keep conquering the mighty Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Glad we won that series. Congrats yeah. on the minus 160 hit there. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I think we've got a great weekend of sports. It's kind of the takeaway here. Ant's looking for the Lakers minus six or, or, or stronger. Um, to recap, I'm looking at the under in the Angels-Boston the Red Sox game on Saturday. Hopefully under eight and a half. Under eight would be ideal. Um, and then we're looking at the Baltimore Orioles team total under three and a half. Enjoy the weekend, boys and girls. Game set match, baby. Cash those Hot tickets. bets, cold beers. Cash those tickets. This is short-term high volatility investments. Cheers. This is 1.37 p.m. Own your future. Start this minute. 1.37 p.m. is a Gallery Media Group original production.